I'm Cara Saunders and welcome back to Supporting Local with Karis. Today I'm chatting to Shauna from The Natural Beauty Pot and she does the most fantastic natural skincare. It's all super good for your skin and you know there's no nasties or anything horrible in it. We spoke about some issues with trademarking, the work that goes into markets and honestly you wouldn't believe it and also the struggles with competing with smaller businesses. And of course, all of her links for everything are in the episode notes, so do go over, have a little newsy, and maybe treat yourself, and let's go chat to her. I have always had really sensitive skin, so even as a child, my mum would have to buy certain washing powders. Not name any names, but particular brands would actually have set us off with quite itchy skin or eczema. And then as a teen, I would have had really bad acne, and it was a bit of a vicious circle in that I would get annoyed about my skin and then my skin would get worse and I would still find today that if I'm stressed I would get a breakout so I would have always had really sensitive skin and would have had to be quite careful about what products I would use. I went on after school to study beauty therapy because you never see a beauty therapist with bad skin. That was my plan. And I tried lots of different products recommended by different people. Didn't get on very well with most of them. And there was one brand in particular that I was recommended because, you know, there's nothing bad in this and, you know, you should be fine. And I took a really severe reaction. And I decided, well, that doesn't make sense, you know, because to me, this product was in a white bottle. It came in the brown paper bag. It looked very, very natural. And whenever I started to Google the ingredients, I found out it wasn't all that natural. So I started to do a lot of research myself. I found out that in order to claim a product is natural or organic, there only has to be a minimal amount of a natural or organic ingredient. So it could have like 0.1% of organic lavender oil, say, and they can stick organic lavender cream on the bottle. Now, this is probably 15 years ago. So times have moved on a lot and we have the likes of the Soil Association now and organic certification. It's evolved a lot from that, but there is still lots of products out there that greenwash. Everything looks, their branding looks very natural, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the contents of their products are. So that was a real driver for me. And I don't know, was it just complete ignorance that I thought it can't be that hard. I'm going to make my own. (laughs) I actually got on really well with products that I made and people started to comment on my skin. And that was a really great thing because my skin was always a little bit like the elephant in the room. Nobody ever really commented on it. I was definitely one of those girls with, you know, the Elizabeth Arden panstick makeup (laughs) that was really, really heavy. And didn't help in the long run. Whenever people wanted to actually buy the products that I was making, I was very conscious that even though products can be natural and their ingredients can be organic, people still have allergies and intolerances. So I wouldn't actually sell anything until I had insurance and had everything tested. You know, everything was very by the book from the start. And I'd be very passionate about that. Uh, Legislation, cosmetic legislation is in place to protect consumer And it's really important that cosmetic companies follow that. I was probably really ahead of the curve. So I started making products 13 years ago. Um, It was very new age then. And people did kind of look at you going, is she serious? (laughs) Whereas it was always really popular in the US. And it's quite popular here now. It's actually very, very common. There did take a little bit of changing people's mindsets. But I definitely felt proof was in the pudding. People kind of seen the difference in my skin and that kind of led them to want to buy. So that's how it started. We actually started with a different name. The products look very different now from what they did back then. It was that's just evolution. 
Yeah, just over time, just a change in everything. So what is your process for coming up with different products? Because I know you do do a big range, you kind of from bath salts to oils, makeup, skincare. What's it like? How do you come up with different products? And how is it managing so many different things? Uh, hard. <laughs> so initially I started off with primarily facial skincare. Mm-hmm. And that's always kind of been my core because that is why I started. That's the thing that I'm most passionate about. Years ago, I probably would have been, yeah, I'm going to do a hair care line and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But with having as many products that I do at the moment, that's not necessarily feasible. It doesn't necessarily make business sense. I'm a one woman band, so you can't be all things to all people. And it's taken me a very long time to learn that. Some of the products have evolved from sort of different scenarios. So the candles actually came about whenever I was first on Not in the High Street and they were working with me with product development. And it was really about how you could create a gift box around the things that we already had. So like the salts and lip butters. And a candle was something a wee bit more generic than a facial skincare product. And we would definitely find that we would sell an awful lot of gift set. People are are reluctant to kind of go and put a skincare product in there. So that kind of is how the candles came about. Um, I definitely think if I knew what was involved in making candles, I would never have started it. Um, You only think skincare is complicated. (laughs) (laughs) Have you ever thought about doing those candles? Like I've seen them a wee bit online and whenever the wax melts, you can use it as like a massage oil. Yes, I have seen them. Wouldn't be something... I would probably make, I would be very aware of like consumer safety. Yeah. So the fact that you have to light it as a candle. Now there's lots of companies do it out there, obviously, and it does work in a capacity. That just wouldn't completely sit right with me. Um, Like I would be very particular about a physical candle shouldn't have petals or any extra things in the candle you need to know that those different things that you put into that candle are not going to catch fire or cause any damage. It's slightly different with wax melts because the flame is not actually exposed to the physical melt. So I would always err on the side of caution with things like that. It kind of went a wee bit viral and they look quite cool, but I was still probably a bit like you, like, I don't know if I want to put that on my skin. It just doesn't seem yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, because then do you extinguish the flame before you start to pour it? And what if, I suppose, even because it's a wider neck and, and this is this is something that I would think a lot about is, is packaging. Yeah. Any of my facial oils or anything like that, they're actually in a pump because I knock things over in the bathroom. Yeah. And there's nothing as devastating as buying something and knocking it over in the second time you use it. So even with the likes of that wider neck candle, how do you stop the flow? Yeah. How do you control it at all? Yeah. What would an average day look like for you then, Shauna? Days are very, very varied. It could be anything from packing up orders, making product. At the minute, we're actually thinking a lot about Christmas. Um, and I am probably late to the party only thinking about Christmas oh, now. Dear. But it's quite exciting. I really enjoy that aspect. I really enjoy the planning and um, coming up with, with a scheme, as my husband calls it. But yeah, anything from dealing with customers in the shop to ordering supplies or maybe dealing with the different companies we'd work with, you know, for testing or candle legislation. Lovely. What would have been the biggest challenge that you faced? Because obviously you've been doing it for a long, long time, like 13 years is incredible. So what is the biggest thing? Is it, do you know, like say going into candles and just the different legislations or is it like almost something random, something we? The biggest challenge was probably whenever I found out my original business name was trademarked. Um, I was, I actually won't be able to remember the year now, but 
I would say it was maybe around 2014 that I found out my business name was trademarked by none other than Procter & Gamble. Now, they weren't actually using the name, but the advice that I got from Avesta and I was they're very protective of their trademarks. So change it and change it now before they find out about you. I was devastated. There was a lot of tears um, because it meant everything had to go. And I think that was a really hard part. I was kind of at the point where I was starting to make money. I had just opened a shop and here these two men in suits were telling me you need to change your name. And all I could think of was the money I spent on the website, the logo, the labels, the uniforms. And like it really did at the time feel like the end of the world. Now, in hindsight, it was probably the best thing that ever happened because on the second time around, I was able to say, well, I did this before and I know that didn't work or I know that did work. And initially I went for a very similar packaging to just what was readily available. Second time around, we spent a lot more money on the packaging and it really stands out compared to everything else on the market now. In hindsight, it was great. However, at the time, all I could say was the pound signs I spent and the pound signs I was going to have to spend. And I suppose I'm far enough on the other side of it now as well to be able to say, you know, that's evolution in business and that's normal. And that's probably not the last time that I'm going to change things up. But we did trademark the natural beauty pot before we started. Well, the Natural Beauty Pot is a lovely name. Do you know, obviously there's no issues with it. And it's one of those awful things where at the time it's horrendous, but then you look back and you're like, it's for the best. Things have worked out better, but it's just trying to see that when you're in the middle of it. Yeah. That's so heartbreaking though. Do you know, you just got all sorted and all ready. It really was. Like I can remember the meeting. So well, these two guys in their 30s, I must have been about mid-20s, I'm going to say. All I could do was try not to cry in this office. And you could see them looking at each other going, how is she going to take this? Oh dear. It must have been awful almost for everyone because they're like, we have to tell her that she has to change her whole And do you know what? Like, that's actually a really great part of the job that they had gone and done that. And even the advice that they were able to give me about Procter & Gamble, because in more recent times, like, look at Zara Ceramics. Yeah. It's probably much more common than we ever know. I wasn't really prepared to be public about it. You know, I never told anyone other than my inner circle until I was the other side of it and had the natural beauty pot fairly well established and I suppose it's just how comfortable you are with it I was very aware that I would never win against Procter and Gamble so I was quite happy to stay under the radar it's an awkward thing and as you say it depends how everyone will take it like if it happened to me you if I had my own business I think I wouldn't tell anybody until afterwards like I'd almost be weirdly embarrassed about it, even though it's there's nothing to be embarrassed about. But no. I think fair play, you know, you've kind of done it your way and kept it to yourself, which is fair. I would do the same. But then there's Zara who has changed everything, but is still very public and kind of fighting it in a way because there's so many yeah. other businesses. And it's like, personally, I don't think they can get on like that. Like it's, it's not fair. I mean, you can understand if there's going to be a conflict where one is mistaken as the other nobody's ever going to mistake Zara ceramics as Zara the clothing shop they sell completely different things and they would be in different categories it's just unfortunate that Zara the clothing company would have the money to to keep that in court for a very long time yeah it's a weird world you know I think whenever you look at small businesses um say especially in Northern Ireland you almost don't think about say like all this drama or all this going on behind the scenes you kind of think oh they make nice products and everyone's loving life and you think well actually there's so much more to it which it's so interesting but it can be quite heartbreaking to hear it so just on the back of that then what would have been your proudest achievement over the last 13 years 
that's an interesting question. I'm not totally sure. Like I was really happy with the rebrand, but that's kind of happened a period of time ago now. Yeah. So we've sort of moved on. We did do a pop-up shop at Christmas in our local shopping center. Probably the first time in my life I felt like a bit off more than I can chew. I start these things, get halfway through them and kind of go, what? why am I doing this? But it was really, really good. Um, the timing was probably just really hard. I just got married and came straight back and we moved we're in a craft village mm-hmm. and we moved into the local shopping center for four weeks and it was phenomenal and it was amazing it was a lot of work yeah you know we went from you know me and another person part-time to five members of staff oh, wow. so it was a really big jump a huge huge learning curve for me like because it's always just been me mm-hmm. um on, a, on occasion I would have family members or in-laws help me but never before had I had to have someone else's work ready for the day. And that in itself is massive because that's another room of work on top of your day's work. I think it's so nice, though. Obviously, it sounds so stressful and it must be so weird going from just you and your family to other people, to, you know, getting almost random people involved in the business. But I do think it's the best way to learn. Like it can be terrifying and you can really regret it during it. But then when you look back, you're like, I did this, do you know, and then. If I do it again, I can go bigger or I can change things. And you know, but I almost love it. But I think like you, I'll start things, get halfway through and be like, what am I doing? Like, oh, what am I actually doing? How am I supposed to do anything here? Yeah, absolutely. We weren't 100% sure. It was quite a short period of time from we signed the contract with the shopping centre. And I was very much, I'm not starting all this until I know we're definitely getting in. And then I was very conscious of I needed to order things before the wedding. So they'd arrive in time, but I was also trying to manage and we were still in restrictions and we actually did two rounds of invites. Did not make life easy for myself, but even with the wedding kind of meant that I could only facilitate it for four weeks. But that was actually probably great because there's still days that we were quiet and then there was other days that we were mad busy. But it was definitely a really, really good way to learn you know, we wouldn't be busy enough all year round to have that size of a team. Mm-hmm. So it was great to kind of have different people and different personalities and different people have different skill sets and different people are more confident at certain things. And yeah. I learned a huge amount in that way because I'm really used to my family members coming in and I'm doing exactly, you know, as I say, which is great. But I mean, in the world of employment, that's not how other people are going to work. Definitely learned a lot. And have you done any other, like we pop-up shops or would you do a lot of markets and things? I actually don't do markets. Initially, years ago, we would have done markets. And what I used to find was people weren't looking for skincare and they would have found our products quite expensive. Okay. Our brand would probably be a bit more premiumly priced. And there's a couple of reasons for that. This is a viable business and it has to pay all its bills. Yeah. I pay rent and rates. I don't work from home. And then obviously there has to be a bit of margin in there for growth, for product development and rainy days and things like that. So I would have always find it that quite hard that you could have been compared to someone else who's maybe doing it at home. And while I started from home and I understand, you know, that is a starting point, it can actually be quite damaging then. So I don't really do markets anymore. Also, because we have the shop, we have to empty the shop. For anyone listening who's never done a market, there's quite a lot of work goes into it. So I did do the Tedbury one um, a couple of months ago and it was fantastic. But to give you like an idea of the time it took, it took me two hours the night before to pack up 
everything into the car. It took me an hour and 45 minutes to drive to my aunt's house to stay overnight because she lives down the road. It was an entire day on the Saturday. I actually only ate a scone, three coffees, a thing of marshmallows um, because it was so busy, which was a phenomenal problem to have. I then drove down the road and scoffed a pizza at eight o'clock whenever I got home. And I still hadn't unpacked the car, which took me another two hours on Sunday. It's a huge, huge amount of work. And for me to be away from the shop, it would really have to pay very well. So yeah, that probably was a much more much more detailed answer than you wanted. No, I think it's so interesting because say when you go to a market, like I think as a customer in a way, you forget that all these people and all these businesses have spent so much, like literal days, getting their stuff ready, getting their stuff in, getting their stall set up. Do you know when you come around and you have a little look and you're like, oh, that's really cool. And then you walk on. Ideally, you buy something, but especially Tedbury, there were so many businesses there. It was almost a bit like, how am I supposed to see everything? Like it was great and I loved it, but I think as everyone was so crammed in and it was kind of, there's so many like really good businesses. Yeah. There was a good variety and like not this in other markets at all. Like I love going to remarket and finding new businesses, but it was just a wee bit mad. And then especially with the weather, everyone really crammed in. So then you literally couldn't see everything sometimes. Yeah. And I think there's that thing too. You go in and, you know, there's people either side of you. So you're trying to take it all in. I do know a lot of people did a few laps. And I definitely think that's the best kind of way to do it because every time you go around, you see someone different or there's maybe someone standing in front of a stand and you can't actually see what all is on display. It was honestly the best organized market I've ever been to. And I think the guys put an awful lot of time and effort into that. But that in itself is a job, you know, and I think people don't realize the work that goes into that and keeping everybody happy because it's not easy to keep a group of stallholders happy. I know. And the fact that they have their own businesses as well do you know they're not just like an events company or anything it's yeah it's amazing like I really hope I can go to the next one and that they keep doing them because it is yeah. such a lovely day but yeah I think definitely like a few laps is this yeah, absolutely we really great for lunch yeah but as you said like you literally can miss stands like I know so soy was kind of she was opposite me yeah like at the start almost yeah and we missed her was we went in and it was only when we went the whole way round. I was looking at Beehive Ceramics and noticed her beside her. And I thought yeah. I literally came in and completely oh, missed you, do you know, and was like was chatting away to her and things. But I think maybe because it was so bitsy, it can be so hard to catch everyone. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think just the weather was unfortunate because then people weren't milling about outside and the gardens are so beautiful as well. Yeah. Do you do any work with other businesses? Obviously, you do a lot of stock. And I know you have your lovely cards from Bookishly. What's that like? Do you want to work with other businesses in your store and kind of bring in other local businesses? Or do you want to keep it mostly you and the cards and things? Since last April, we've actually really developed kind of our offering in the shop and on the website. So people would ask me about a natural hair care or body products. And it was really evolving from that. And it was probably the first time that we had the extra cash flow that we could put the investment into things like that. So we actually would stock a lot of other brands. Mm-hmm. I'm very particular about what I will sell. It has to be packaged really well. The ethos of the company needs to align with ours. It doesn't have to be vegan. Um, I'm not personally vegan, but our brand is. So I do like to offer transparency for people, you know, what is and isn't vegan. Yeah. I would prefer that they were made in UK and Ireland. But one example is we stock nail kind nail polish. 
actually a Danish brand, okay. but the quality of their product is fantastic. And it's an 85% biodiversity nail polish. Do you know, there's nothing else like it out there. So I'm more than happy to stock and yeah. um, things like that. I do have a new product in the works that is Amazing. with uh, two other local Fermanagh businesses. One of them is an artist. I can't really say any more than that at the minute, but I kind of have the first set of products made and we're going to get photographs taken of them. And then I have to attempt to plan some sort of product launch. Amazing. Um, I was literally just about to ask if you have anything exciting. So obviously you do. But do you have anything mm-hmm. exciting that you can give us a little teaser for? Well, I'll stick with this particular product, but and it smells really good. Oh. Probably quite different to anything else that I've done, and it's more about Fermana than probably anything else that I sell. Um, it's going to look quite different to anything else that I have, and yeah, I'm very excited about it. I'm excited. I'm so excited to see it, and I'm excited how it's more Fermana based because I think Fermana is like the getaway almost of Northern Ireland kind of you have the North Coast but if you go in like for a few days like you, you just go to Fermanagh like my boyfriend has a caravan over there and it's so nice so just to go like for the weekend like it's a two-hour drive do you know uh-huh. and then you come on home and stay a few days there but it's so nice with all the lakes and you're just like yes yeah. if we get this, the weather Fermanagh it's just an amazing place to be yeah. oh it's so beautiful we always get the rain whenever we go but I'm yeah, kind of like that sounds quite right yeah <laughs> So I'm like, we've driven two hours to be here. We're going out, you know, I want to see. That's the authentic experience though. Yeah. So do you have any plans of where you'd like to be in the future? Do you know, like five years time? Obviously you've been going for a long time. So I'd imagine you have some sort of plan or you like to just see how it goes and just take each day as it comes. I suppose there is a few things in the pipeline. My complete business head is we're in for a really hard six months year and it is hugely for many small businesses about surviving that. I am fairly confident that we will, but it's just being mindful. I would love to do a pop-up again. I feel like I would be much better prepared. And we do have a few other products in the pipeline as well. So, Do you have any idea where you'd like to do the pop-up again? Like whether it's still in Fermanagh or would you like to, like say, go down to Belfast or anywhere else in Northern Ireland? Do you know what? I hadn't really thought outside Fermanagh. We got on really well in the shopping centre. And I think with me having to make a lot of our products, being in Fermanagh is much easier. It was still quite a trek having to cart everything in and upstairs and all that yeah I never thought about heading to Belfast it's just how long we would do that for and how that would be feasible because I basically have to move I couldn't do that commute every day (laughs) imagine you spend the whole time in a car yeah (laughs) and just to finish up then Shauna what would be your favorite local business if you could pick one Oh, that's hard. There's loads of them. So I love So Soy, Olivia's Haven, um, Zara Ceramics, RB Cards, Bearded Candle Makers. There's a lot of candles in there. Yeah, I I mean, there's loads. I wouldn't have favourites specifically, but there's a lot of small businesses in Northern Ireland that actually just are such a joy to buy from. That's one thing that I've really learned through doing this podcast like do everyone has their own story and I think it's so easy to see like a business as a business and not a person if that makes sense even though mm-hmm. say yourself like you're a one woman band you know you do it all but it can be so easy so it's so nice to kind of peel back the layers a bit and see the person and their story and just what you were saying sort of jump back about your skincare being like a premium price point mm-hmm. and it can be harder to compete with say people who are doing it like part-time or just in their house yeah. just when you mentioned the bearded candle makers uh, I remember Michael said a really similar thing because his candles would be kind of premium 
and yeah. there's a lot of people who make candles like in their house which is completely fine but they obviously don't have the expenses so can charge a much lower rate and he finds that really yeah. difficult to compete with so I think it's interesting it goes you know across the board say from candles to skincare but yeah. it's just recognizing that as a customer yeah and I think to those people if you're not dependent on that as an income so like Michael and I are so you have to make enough money and if you don't make enough money your bills all get paid and you don't get paid and that's where the real difference is it's dependent like the business needs to make a profit and that's why we are in business like yes there's lots of nice reasons that we do it and that we're self-employed but at the end of the day bills need paid mortgages need paid and it's an income I honestly don't think the people that do kind of price their products too low I don't think they understand the damage that they do now it, it does take a lot of time to get comfortable with asking for the yeah. price that you're charging like I do know people who wouldn't pay 20 pounds for a candle and I know people who buy Joe Malone candles yeah so there is market and there is room for everyone so it's just I suppose being mindful of that yeah so interesting kind of across the board and across Northern Ireland almost the different like levels of businesses if that makes sense you know from people mm-hmm. doing it just as a hobby and then other people like this is my job and I am a more premium like more luxury products and things like that and it's quite mm-hmm. cool Northern Ireland has the range of everything yeah well Sean it was so lovely to chat to you today um, oh, thank you I absolutely loved it and getting a wee insight into the business and everything like that so thank you so much for coming on isn't Shauna so lovely and I honestly cannot believe her horrible trademark issues but I'm so glad that she's all sorted if you enjoyed this episode I hope you did please go over have a little look all her socials and everything are in the description and you can check out all our other guests and please also head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening and leave us a little rating or review. It will really help out the podcast and I'll see you next week for a brand new episode.